You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is our number two of The Rob Carson Show, one of my favorite uh, political pundits. Caroline Levitt's going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. She's the former assistant press secretary under the Trump administration, one of the youngest people to uh, run for office in her home state of New Hampshire. She is a spitfire. And she will join us at the bottom of the hour. <laughs> oh, I, I just heard, uh, this was a rumor, Nikki Haley uh, has decided to name a uh, uh, golden retriever puppy as her running mate. And uh, thus far, not moving up in the polls because of it. I don't think I don't even think that if Nikki Haley named a golden retriever puppy her running mate and then allowed everybody to hold her golden retriever puppy in the state of Iowa that she'd garner a single uh, additional point in her in her polling up there. <laughs> it's about trust, guys. It's just about trust. That's what it is. That's why Vivek Ramaswamy's not doing very well. They don't trust him. Is that the, I, I don't know Vivek Ramaswamy. I met him in New Hampshire. I think he's a really good guy. If it were any other thing, if, were, if I was just meeting him at a you know whatever at a at a at a gathering, I'd be like, damn, this is one impressive person. It is, but the government has brought this upon us. All right, the government, media, and whatnot have brought this upon us. We don't trust anymore. And, and by the way, most of the time, I'm thinking. If you hear something out of the federal government, 95% of the time, they're going to be fibbing. They're going to be lying. They're going to be covering up. That's just the way it is. You know it as well as I do. The same government who decided your opinion was disinformation and misinformation and banned your speech on social media and worked with the mainstream media to shut down stories. The same government who had the FBI, the DHS involved in uh, shutting down knowledge of Hunter Biden's laptop and all of the contents within the same government who the CDC and the HHS shut down schools, shut down churches, forced people to get vaccines who didn't need them. Some did. I don't care if you got the vaccine, whatever. But honestly, we don't trust and you shouldn't trust. There's a lot of people you should not trust. Trust is a hard thing to gain. And if you lose trust, you're never going to get it back. That's just the way it is. Nobody will ever trust Joe Biden again. Nobody will ever trust him. He has has wrecked it. And the Democrat Party is going the same way. And and it's starting to add up in in people that uh, normally uh, support the Democrat Party without question. I mean, before, years ago, there was no doubt you were going to get 90% plus of black voters if you're a Democrat. Right now, Donald Trump is uh, slated to get the most black votes since Nixon in 1963. And he's going to do better than that. Because America's waking up. America's people of color are, are waking up and realizing the Democrat Party has never made their lot in life better. Look at the state of it now. Unbelievable. Speaking of trust, you know, it's, a, it's kind of an awkward segue, but I will tell you. A lot of people are watching Newsmax. You know why? Because people don't trust Fox anymore. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, election night coverage, you kind of wondered about that. Then uh, firing a Tucker Carlson, I could go on and on. People don't trust. They've lost dramatic numbers. You know who they are trusting? Newsmax. Because our, our ratings are, have gone up exponentially in some day parts. 
Because people trust, people know that the people on Newsmax are not going to change their stripes. Rob Schmidt's not going to change his stripes. And now they've got Newsmax Plus, which is a subscription service, which is the way of the world right now. Because you've got so many on the left who are trying to shut down conservative content providers. And so they're having to get subscriptions. And Newsmax Plus is a great idea. You could still get Newsmax on, on, your, uh, on your cable. You could still get it on uh, DirecTV. But if you like access to the, the archive, some of the great personalities, the pundits and whatnot, comedy like my show, just go to NewsmaxPlus.com. Spell out the P-L-U-S. NewsmaxPlus.com. Uh, the uh, migrant mess deepens, and you know it as well as I do. A record 93% of Americans now call chaos at the U.S. border a crisis or a serious problem. What does this mean? It means our federal government is ruling against the American people. Our federal government has a plan they're not telling you about. Our federal government has opened our border. It's not climate change. It's not whatever the whatever. It is about policy. It is 100% Biden policy, and it's being broadcast to the entire world. Come in. Come in. Joe Biden said he was going to do it during the Democrat debates when he was running. He, this is their plan. A lot of people say it's about votes. Sure, that's the obvious answer. But they're being very, very dishonest, and you don't trust them. CBS News found that a staggering 93% of respondents said the front, the, uh, the southern border was in crisis or that border guards faced a very serious or somewhat serious issue of undocumented arrivals. Only 7% said it was not much of a problem because they probably live in compounds like the Obamas. 32% of uh, voters approve of Biden's handling of my immigration, 68% disapprove. In September, 55% of respondents said the respondents said the Biden administration needs to get tougher on migration. That has risen 63% in in 4 months. Why isn't the federal government being honest with you? Why aren't they telling you the truth? Why do 93% of us why are 93% of us screaming at Washington, D.C., shut this border? We're concerned about what's happening. And it's being met with, uh, it's falling upon deaf ears. This is Kat Kamek talking. Uh, she said that she had a little discussion with uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, who's being impeached, by the way. He's being impeached for his uh, opening of the southern border and letting... Tens of millions of illegals, including military-age males, by the tens of thousands across our southern border. Listen to what Kat Kamek has to say about when she confronted Mayorkas with regard to his impeachment. I have yet to meet one Republican. Heck, I even know of some Democrats that are anxious to get rid of him. And let me remind you, when behind closed doors we told him, you're, you're getting ready to be impeached, he said, you're not going to like who comes next. I asked him if that was a threat, and he just smiled. This man is dangerous. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he is two-faced. We need to get rid of him now. I asked him, I said, is that a threat? And he just smiled. And I thought, this man knows exactly what he's doing. This is 100% by design. They want an open border crisis, whether it is Mm. for a... 
election, whether it's for future votes as they work to get rid of citizenship as a requirement for voting. We're not sure, but he was very, very clear in what he said, and there were other members in the room. So I will never forget that. And as we go to impeach him for his negligence, for him destroying our national security and eroding our national sovereignty, that will be top of mind. Just done with this. Aren't you done with this? 93% of us say there's a crisis on the southern border in a CBS poll? And we've got game playing in Washington, D.C., and uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre denying that anything is happening? We're not stupid. We are not stupid. This is an invasion of our country that's being done on purpose. And the only difference between this and an invading army is they don't have guns strapped on their backs coming across the border. But I'm sure they can get them. I, I hang out with a lot of people, and, and uh, I, I, a lot of ex-military. I, I mentioned that some of the guys I hang out with are like the, uh, the cast of The Expendables. Just grizzled, tough guys with battle scars and stories that you wouldn't believe. And they're concerned, and they're, they're ready to, to defend the country. And who knows? Who knows where we're going to go? Look at what they've done to us. <laughs> they've done the last three years. They've shut down everything. Shut down. You told you couldn't go to church. And we said, okay, we won't go to church. Doop, 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 doop. Okay, let's wear a cloth mask everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Let's make our kids uh, not go to school for a year and lose everything. Let's, let's make sure that no business, uh, tens of thousands of businesses go out of business while uh, select businesses stay open, like, you know, your Walmart and your, and your, uh, your Kmart. Well, not Kmart. They already closed. It wasn't because of COVID. It's because, you know, Kmart. But, uh, you know, all of, the, all of the restaurants had to close. All of the theaters had to close. You couldn't go to a, you couldn't go to a concert for a year and we're supposed to just let that slide what they've done i'll tell you what if you don't see what they've done to us the last three years and what they're capable of then you need to get out of the way then you just need to get out of the way this is uh, tucker carlson you know and, uh, and this is what i've echoed said if you thought 2020 2020 was bad and it was bad i mean it was really really bad can you imagine what's going to happen this year so it's about to get very serious, uh, for sure. It's, you know, it's only leadership of the world at stake, which is also, by the way, we now know the most lucrative possible political franchise in human history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So everything's at stake. What wouldn't they do? What haven't they done? Yeah. What might they do next? Let Who your knows? imagination run wild. So the question, the only one that you can answer is, how will you prepare yourself for that? Again, just to restate, Donald Trump, who is hated as a blood enemy by over 40% of the population and who's been attacked in ways that no political figure has ever been attacked in the West, is beating the incumbent president, okay? I'm not sure that's entirely an endorsement of Trump. To some extent it is, and his empathy, that's real. But it's also a sign of revulsion, deep dissatisfaction with what we're doing. So most people are not on board with this. Amen. But the people who are responsible for it are the most dishonest, the most ruthless, the most anti-human group I've ever dealt with. And I spent 35 years living in Washington. I don't even recognize these people. And yeah, and I told you, uh, you know, we live a tale of two cities. We have a bourgeois, we have a proletariat. I started saying this when, when Barack Obama was the president. I was a music jack on the air in uh, Washington, D.C. I said, I said, we have a bourgeois, we have a proletariat. 
the uh, the uh, the bourgeois in power. They they move to Washington D.C. They spend their entire lives telling us how to live ours. They act like uh, members of a board of directors on a six point five trillion dollar company, and they direct that money to all of their friends, all of their friends who will support their campaigns and more. And you feast on the crumbs. How are those crumbs tasting this year? Are they pretty good, those crumbs? Because yeah, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of crumbs. <laughs> there is a lot of crumbs. And then, and then the president of Mexico, uh, President Lopez Obrador, is saying that he will curb the invasion of illegals into the country if we give him $20 billion for Latin America and, uh, and that Biden give at least 10 million illegals legal status in America to help. Yeah, that's that's what this punk is saying to us. Uh, I tweeted on on uh, on Twitter on Twitter because you tweet on Twitter, you know. Uh, I said yesterday, and what I've been saying is that um, nothing's going to happen under this president. We're not going to have any action by this president unless he's forced into it, and even then, it would be very begrudgingly. But eventually, what's going to have to happen is the uh, president of the United States, and I hope it's going to be Donald Trump, needs to tell Obrador that all trade and travel ends in Mexico. Not, not increasing tariffs. Everything is cut off to Mexico until you seal that border. And then you tell the president that we're sending in special forces, we're going to paint targets, and we're going to wipe out the drug cartels. We're going to use drones, we're going to use A-10 warhogs, we're going to do whatever, and we're going to waylay them like, uh, like Israel is doing to Hamas. And that'll end it. And that'll end it. It's not, a difficult, it's not difficult to figure out. It is not. And that the federal government is fighting in every way, shape, and form to halt this deadly, dangerous, awful invasion that includes 85,000 children trafficked and gone. That includes military-age males. That includes hunt millions of people going into cities uh, and, and depleting all of their resources and moving uh, uh, citizens out of the way to be treated at the VA and other hospitals is, uh, is unacceptable in our country. It is unacceptable. Uh, coming up, we've got, some, uh, we've got some... Oh, Joe Biden in church yesterday. <laughs> he says he actually started the, uh, the uh, civil rights movement in Delaware. <laughs> Uh, we will share that as well as your phone calls. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. Uh, Charlie Kirk posted on Instagram, some reporters caught on a hike, hot mic joking about a JFK-style Trump assassination at a D.C. courthouse ahead of his immunity appeal hearing. If, if he's driving, we've got a good shot. Yeah, if, if he's, he's driving, we've got a good shot. Driving with the front window yeah, if he's yeah. driving with the front window open. Or if it's a convertible. Or if it's a convertible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't thinking yeah. about that. Like if he just pulls up by like himself. JFK. Like if he just pulls up by himself, like JFK. Yeah, yeah. It's like a... JFK, a Lincoln. No, I'm not. Maybe someone just like they told JFK, you know what you should do? You should take a convertible. You know, somebody should just tell like they told JFK, you should take a convertible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them should be investigated by the FBI, but they won't be. Because our FBI needs to be uh, figuratively blown up and reinvented. My, how the mighty have fallen.
Oh, this is Ben Burkham. He's a, uh, uh, a reporter on the scene uh, on the on the southern border, and uh, and he was noticing. And, and and I don't know if you notice about all these um, these uh, NGOs, these non government agencies that uh, get billions and billions and billions of dollars they got them during covid and there are there are these ngos that are getting billions to uh take illegals from the border and they're putting them up in hotels and everything and uh, and uh, this is what burkham had to say about one of them and that would be catholic charities uh i am a catholic and i have never been a fan of catholic charities for good reason listen to ben the catholic charities if you look at and uh the, it was a shocking statistic to me was the amount of money that the Catholic Church lost on the uh, the molestation lawsuits that were that took place like ten years ago is about three billion dollars. They have now made that back on trafficking illegals into America. It's almost the exact correlation. Now they're making they're actually making more and more and more. But they've basically replaced the money they lost from child molestation cases with trafficking illegals into America. Hmm. I got to tell you, you can't trust anybody, right? Uh, Speaker Mike Johnson faces conservative pushback on the $1.6 trillion spending uh, deal with only 11 days until the next government shutdown. This deal would include $886 billion for defense spending, $772 for uh, non-defense. The deal actually spends $1.65 billion, but a side deal of offset and budget savings measures brings that number down by $69 uh, billion. Uh, the House Conservative Freedom Caucus calls the deal a complete, um, complete failure. What's in it on the border? Mike Johnson and uh, Chuck Schumer both claimed victory with the deal, which has a top-line figure that is exactly the same as the one set by McCarthy before he was ousted for right-wing gripes with his spending plan. No, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. Chip Roy calls the deal terrible. Uh, we keep spending more money we don't have. Uh, this is, uh, oh, Eric Burleson, Missouri, don't let the swamp fool you. The bipartisan spending deal is a sham. The real top line is $1.65 trillion. Both parties are addicted to reckless spending. The D.C. Uniparty purportedly purported top line spending deal of one point five nine is bogus. Andy Biggs says that. And five House Republicans vow to shut down the government until Biden shuts down illegal immigration at the southern border. Those are Eli Crane, Matt Gates, Matt Rosendale. Who else we got here? Andy Biggs. Eli Crane, Bob Good. Bob Good from Virginia. They vowed to uh, shut down the federal government until the southern border is shut down, and they should. And honestly, I don't care. They shut down your businesses. They shut down your, uh, your health club. You couldn't work out for a year, couldn't go see a concert. Why the hell? Who cares? Honestly, who the hell cares? I don't care. I'm, I'm so tired of the threat of the federal government shutting down right now. What is the fe- is the federal government really a net good right now at this point? I don't know. I kind of wonder. You got a defense secretary supposed to be in charge of the defense department, taking uh, you know four days off to be in intensive care, taking his eye off the ball, not telling his deputy secretary, and not telling the president. Which I mean does makes a lot of sense because Joe Biden would forget it immediately afterwards. He'd be like, uh, "Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be in the hospital for a few days, Mr. President." Oh, okay. Uh, Mr. President, yeah, uh, I'll take a mint chocolate chocolate chip. That would be great. Okay, let's just let that go. All right, so Caroline Levitt is going to keep it real with me coming up. A true conservative, and she will join us on the other side of this break. This is The Rob Carson Show. 
Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The Wellness Company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust, and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z from anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's TWC Health slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. How do you have an event within one week of the caucus of Nikki Haley, whose Politico tells me this morning it's Lee Story's raised more money than anybody from these left-wing billionaires, Union Party billionaires. How do you have an event and invite the, the global media, NBC News, all the people cheering you on to be Trump, and nobody shows up and you have to cancel it when the reporters are there? How does that work, ma'am? I'll go ahead and let uh, Caroline Levitt answer that live. That is a question from uh, Steve Bannon yesterday. Because Nikki Haley had a big campaign event in MSNBC that was there to cover it. It was a diner in Iowa, which, by the way, I'm from Iowa. If you can't get people to go out for breakfast, uh, you know, there's something. Either your food sucks or uh, nobody wants to be seen with Nikki Haley. Uh, Caroline Levitt on the Newsmax Hotline. What do you think? Hey, 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 well, thanks so much for having me again. And I think you're exactly right. And it's the same thing here in my home state of New Hampshire to get voters not to attend a diner shop with a candidate. Uh, Like you said, the food's got to suck or the candidate sucks. And in this case, I think it's the latter when it comes to Nikki Haley. Uh, Because anytime President Trump goes to a diner or a restaurant or, hey, even an entire ice hockey rink that fits 5,000 people, He's filling the place to the brim. And the media, they so desperately want this whole Nikki surge to be real. But I can tell you it is not. She is being exposed for the fraud and the rhino that she is. Voters are waking up to that. Uh, And we're very confident that she will be out of this race in just a few weeks. Well, I uh, uh, I had heard that DeSantis will, and this you know rumors are rumors are rumors is going to pull out if he loses Iowa. So expect him to pull out, and then uh, you think they'll fall by dominoes like dominoes. Uh, you are in New Hampshire. I broadcast from New Hampshire. We have a bunch of stations there with Benny uh, Benny Media in New Hampshire. Uh, who who is supporting other than Chris Sununo, <laughs> dear God, uh, Nikki Haley in the state of New Hampshire, and who is trying to push uh, Nikki Haley uh, to the front of the pack in New Hampshire? Well, Chris Sununu, who is our governor that is unfortunately governed more as a Democrat than as a Republican, uh, is very much heavily backing Nikki Haley. The two of them have been running around our state together uh, for the past several weeks. She's also uh, made several gaffes over the last few weeks as the spotlight has been shown on her more and more, Rob. I mean, she had she didn't get much media attention at the beginning. She was holding these three-hour-long town halls. But Ron DeSantis, let's remember, he was the first establishment 
darling. And so all the media attention and all the donors were focused on him. Well, he fell because we exposed who he is, which is uh, unfortunately a flip-flopper on the issues that matter most. So now all the attention's been on Nikki, and she has not been able to handle it. I mean, in New Hampshire, she made that terrible gaffe when asked a very simple question that a fourth-grade New Hampshire civic student could answer, uh, what caused the Civil War. She didn't say slavery. That was very odd and turned off a lot of voters. Then she said that Iowans actually get it wrong, but New Hampshire corrects it, point, making fun of Iowans like they can't hear what she says when she's yeah. in New Hampshire. And then, Rob, this past week, she actually said that she goes to Iowa and, quote, switches personalities and then comes to New Hampshire. That, I know for sure, turns a lot of people off from her. We need authentic outsiders yes. who are going to be yes. consistent on the issues. Nikki Haley clearly is a flip-flopper. She said it out loud herself. Switch personalities? What the heck is that? We don't need it. Uh, Sununu will continue to run around with her yeah. through Election Day. Uh, yeah. But the people here are dropping like flies. Yeah, I uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, Nikki Haley was considering uh, making a golden retriever puppy into a running mate, and and in New Hampshire allowing uh, people to hold her dog and maybe even uh, if they donate, let the dog lick their face. That still wouldn't make a difference, would it, Caroline? <laughs> no, no, it, it definitely uh, would not. And an interesting uh, uh, little tidbit that I saw today was that in Iowa, she's shortening her stuff. She used to, like I said, do these three-hour town halls with Q&A. Yeah. Well, now the pressure's on, and she's continually messing up. Her real, her real callers are showing. So now she's doing 15-minute quick speeches with no Q&A. Uh, it tells you she's scared. She's on defense. She's not authentic. She can't take the heat. We know who can take the heat, and that's President Trump, who yeah. consistently takes questions. He's honest. He's consistent. He's been saying the same thing for 40 years, long before he ever got into politics. Yeah. Uh, and so if Nikki Haley is waffling now, imagine how poorly she would lead if she was in the Oval Office taking yeah. heat from President Xi in China or uh, Putin in Russia while taking the heat from the Democrat mainstream media who seeks to destroy uh, every Republican in power ever. Well, I, I think that uh, a lot of it has to be if you if you have to uh, do um, uh, you know auditorium testing to decide which direction to feel about something, you are uh, then the, the, I guess the 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 uh, the people the Republican Party needs to leave you in the rearview mirror of history because that's the way things used to be. I don't think Donald Trump does that at all. Um, let me let me ask you this: uh, uh, Who would you? This is uh, if, if Donald Trump you know, presumably becomes a nominee. Who uh, who do you like? Who's on your short list for VP? Um, my personal favorite, I, I've got a couple Byron Donalds, but Christy Nome from South Dakota is right up there. Anybody that comes to mind for you? I don't think I don't think uh, Donald Trump thinks about how many votes I can get from this state and all that. Uh, who, who would you, who would you put on the list? Yeah, you know, like I, I love the two people that you just mentioned, both Byron Donalds and Christy Nome. I think are great voices for the America First movement. Uh, they speak for the people. They're well-liked. I also think Elise Stefanik would be a great pick. Oh, God, uh, She's yes. also one that is fiery and sharp and quick and a great ally of the president. But, hey, who the heck am I to say, Rob? I don't know. They have to decide. And I'm yeah. sure whoever he picks will be a great choice. But to your point, what you just said, I don't think it's really going to matter, right? Like, especially when it's Donald Trump's name at the top of the ticket, people aren't going to vote for him or not vote for him because yes. of who's second tier. Well, unless uh, so it's Nikki Haley. Someone that compliments him well. Un unless it's Nikki Haley. And I heard Don Jr. shoot down that rumor the other day. Uh, that would be, I mean, come on. 
Nikki Haley, yeah. v- v- are you kidding me? That would be no. I, I don't. I don't see that happening. I think. I think some people are are saying that to stir things up, but I don't think it's a possibility. Let me ask you this: um, this uh, this uh, Fonny Willis apparently uh, has a romantic relationship with uh, somebody she brought on board uh, on the Trump case, Michael Roman. They've traveled all over the world, and apparently they met a couple times with White House counsel before she filed the charges against Trump. What do you know about this, and what do you have to say about it? This is an unbelievable scandal, and if true, uh, which I, I, I trust that Mr. Roman, who... who uh, submitted this motion in Georgia. His lawyers did their research and they did a thorough investigation before they decided to to submit this motion because it's a big deal. I mean, what you yeah. have here is corruption at the highest level. You have brazen disregard for the taxpayer dollars in the state of Georgia. Fannie Willis hired her, her boyfriend, I guess, whatever they said, two of those were, uh, to be the special prosecutor against President Trump. And then he she approved the taxpayer funds he was receiving, which was upwards of a million dollars. Yeah. And then they together used those funds to go on Royal Caribbean cruises, to go on a plethora of vacations. And we're also finding out that he himself, the, the special prosecutor, met with the Biden White House on two occasions wow. in 2022, once in March and then another time in November. That is just months before he moved forward with this indictment of President Trump. So there's now, clear coordination between yes. the Biden White House. Jack Smith, of course, we know the coordination is there. We know yep. Joe Biden coordinated with Hunter Biden's legal team to get him yep. to defy the congressional subpoena. And so uh, why are we not to believe that Joe Biden's White House also coordinated with Fannie Willis and this special prosecutor in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure House Republicans and Senate Republicans are going to move forward on investigating this on top of the many investigations that they're powering <laughs> through with the Biden corrupt crime family. Uh, but I'm hopeful, and Trump's legal team, I believe, is too, because they filed a motion to dismiss this case, both on the, the, yeah. the, the basis of the law and the fact that there is no legal basis for her to pursue RICO charges against the former president. That is ridiculous. Yep. Uh, and now they have some more ammo to use as well, assuming this is true. It's just, it's unbelievable, the corruption uh, of yep. the Democrat Party. Uh, yeah. Now, Michael Roman is a, a Trump co-defendant in the case, and, and Nathan Wade is the boyfriend. And Hunter Biden is like, holy cow, uh, normally I pay for Fanny. Fanny's actually paying this guy. So it's kind of a, I had to get that line in there. Uh, Greta Von Susteren says it is a fact that she hired him. It is a fact that the commission did not greenlight it as required by law, according to the Atlanta Journal, Journal Constitution. It is a fact that she has many prosecutors in an office that could have tried the case. It is a fact that he has never tried a felony. I don't know about her love life, but I have tried cases where you don't hire someone outside the office with no experience. Of course. Right. right. Of yeah. course. I mean, it's, when you think about, you put yourself in Fannie Willis's shoes, if we must, right, just for a quick second. How brazen she is. I mean, she's so arrogant to think she's so above the law and that she'll be protected by the Biden White House. That's her presumption if she's taking actions like this or she's just plain stupid. But I think the Democrats are actually pretty smart, and I think they know that they can get away with this stuff because they've been engaging in this type of corruption for years. She she literally, like you just said, hired her boyfriend who had no experience, just completely bypassed the committee that was supposed to approve him. I mean, imagine if a Republican had done wow. this. It would be 
already have found out by now, and the mainstream media would be covering it wall to wall. This is a great, great, this is an, an insane political scandal, uh, and we need to continue to talk about it. And it also, again, just proves that these charges against the president are coming from far-left partisan hacks, whether it's Fannie Willis in Georgia, who also, by the way, the day that she moved forward with the indictment of President Trump, also posted a campaign fundraising website for far-left Democrats. If that doesn't show you she's a political ideologue, I don't know what will. You look at Tish James in New York, who campaigned on getting Trump, not getting the violent criminals and murderers and rapists that are roaming free in the streets of New York City. You look at Jack Smith, who has a long history of targeting Republicans as well. I mean, these are not biased, true unbiased, true litigators of the law. These are partisan ideologues who hate Donald Trump and are fueled by that hatred in taking these actions and abusing our legal system. What do you uh, What do you think's uh, going on with the Democrat Party? Um, I, I uh, my my uh, my theory is that they are eliminating all of the other people on the ballots. They're making uh, Joe Biden the candidate in Florida, North Carolina. I think there's going to fall like dominoes. And I saw. I can't remember who it was uh, suggesting the other day that uh, what's going to happen is um, they're going to, uh, Joe Biden's going to bow out and they're going to replace him at the convention because clearly they they are eliminating everybody else from the ballot and there's going to be, something is going to have to happen at that point when he bows out and the party would have to name that. What do you think about that and what would happen? You know, I don't know what to think about that. Look, I think their Democrats are definitely getting desperate. They are certainly panicking. They look at the poll numbers and you have Donald Trump beating Joe Biden and consistent head-to-head matchups, both nationally and also in key swing states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida. Yes, You know, states that propelled him to the nomination in 16 and and, uh, presumptively in 2020. We know there's a lot of shenanigans that went on there as well. But I think they realize how weak Joe Biden is. His policies are wildly unpopular with the American public. I mean, 70 percent of people say the country's moving in the wrong direction. 60 percent of Democrats say they wish they had another option on the ballot. And so uh, and his message right now is not resonating. I mean, he's saying Trump's a dictator and we're all a bunch of white supremacists and racists. I don't think people are going to buy that. They know how they feel. They know what they see with their own eyes. They feel an economy that's crumbling. They see a border crisis that's taking over America's cities. And so I don't think that the whole dictator spiel that they tried in 16 is going to work this time either. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled a desperate move to take him off the ballot. We need to know that the Democrats, all they care about is power and control. And they will throw away their own in order to keep that power and control. And so we need to be ready for anything that they will attempt in the next 10 months. These unprecedented uh, election interference cases to remove Trump's name off the ballot. I mean, just a few years ago, that would have been unfathomable to so many Americans. But now it's happening today. And so, again, we need to be ready. Uh, for them to pull out any of the stops. And Republicans, we need to stay focused on the policy, whether yes. it's Biden or Gavin Newsom or Ca- in California or Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. It's their policies that have led to the disaster that America finds itself today, not just on our homeland, but around the world as well. And I think if we do that, and if President Trump remains focused on that, which I'm confident he will, and he remains focused on you know, reminding the American people just how much better our lives were under her, his administration. We're going to be successful come November, no matter what. Uh, but again, we should be prepared for 
asked them to pull out all the stops and all the tricks that were going to use them because they need them. Uh, I, I'm just informed by my producer, Caroline Levitt, now is in the lead for the most syllable spoken in one minute uh, of all of the guests we've had thus far this year. Good job, Caroline Levitt. You pack a lot. You pack a lot of content into your commentary. <laughs> Carolyn, I greatly appreciate you joining me on the show today. Uh, where can people find you on social media? It's always so fun, Rob. You bring the energy, so it just comes through the phone. To gotcha, me. gotcha, gotcha. I appreciate it. Uh, you can go to K Levitt and a Twitter True Social. I'm all over the place. And follow our Super PAC. I'm the spokeswoman for MAGA Inc. You can go to MAGA Inc. War Room uh, to find us there as well. Thanks, Rob. All right. All right. Take care of yourself. Happy New Year. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. So we heard from Caroline Levitt that uh, Fonnie Willis hired her boyfriend to work on the Trump case. Here she is actually admitting it today. Yes, say it. He was my boyfriend. There you go. Apparently that is uh, that is true. Actually, uh, uh, Jim Gossett put together a little something about uh, Fonnie Willis and her boyfriend getting paid. Improperly hired and overpaid. Big mistake Bonnie Willis has made. This bribery story is about to explode. And a case against Trump, it is gonna implode. No, 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 funny, no, no. And that's why Bonnie lied Didn't get approval like she knew she should Bent the rules because she knew she could Her Trump prosecution it is gonna fail Cause she's the one who belongs in jail Go, go Go, Bonnie, go, go She uh, went to, on trips with him and everything, and he was uh, he was just put on the payroll, not qualified, but, uh, you know, you know, she might have been paying for something else. Here's a report out of Atlanta. Well, tonight, former Trump campaign staffer Michael Roman and his attorney, Ashley Merchant, are claiming District Attorney Fonnie Willis had an inappropriate and romantic relationship with the top prosecutor. Oh, at times it was very appropriate. Peter in the case, Nathan Wade. In this new court filing obtained by Atlanta News First... Wade, he was knee-deep in it. Michael Roman and his attorneys are accusing the Fulton County... D I mean the scandal. ...gave Fonnie Willis and special <laughs> prosecutor Nathan Wade yeah. of having an inappropriate and romantic relationship and that the two benefited from it. Whoa. The suit claims Willis and Wade took lavish vacations together and that he used part of his salary from the DA's office to travel with Willis. Well, you pay a guy a million bucks, he'll take you anywhere. Roman's attorney claims they discovered that the two went on trips together, quote, outside of court filings. The suit goes on to claim the relationship began before... Insert pound the gavel line here. ...before Wade was appointed to the case. They claim Willis also failed to get county approval to appoint Wade as special prosecutor in the case. Roman's attorneys are now asking the court to disqualify both of them from prosecuting the RICO case and to drop all of Roman's charges. 
Roman's attorneys wouldn't comment any further tonight. And Connie Willis's office told us <laughs> they will be responding to Roman's suit through proper court filing. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So they, she hired him for over, a, well, a million bucks is what he got. And he didn't have any experience doing any of this. And he met with the, they, they both met with the White House counsel twice before the indictment of Trump. And, uh, oh boy, I'm hoping that all of these cases fall like a house of cards. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. The new year is here, and I have an important message for you. Hey, it's Rob Carson. Why don't you give yourself a gift for the new year, the new streaming service, Newsmax Plus? Move over, woke Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu. Just start Newsmax Plus. Get Newsmax Best Shows with Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta Von Susteren, Greg Kelly, and more. Even actor John Voight has a special series on there. Plus lots of movies, documentaries, history, comedy. Newsmax Plus just started and more than 180,000 people have signed up. Watch Newsmax Plus on your home TV or phone app. And Newsmax Plus is the only streamer to give you all of Donald Trump's rallies. So get Newsmax Plus now. It's free to start. Just go to Newsmax Plus. That's NewsmaxPLUS.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax. Be one today. This is the Rob Carson Show. This is hour number three. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. And if you'd like to chime in, the number is 800 922 6680. So yesterday, New York City was in chaos because anti-Israel radicals shut down uh, New York City bridges and tunnels. Here's, here's exactly what I told you. Right after the, uh, the sudden uh, eruption of uh, anti-Israel protests around the world, I said it was AstroTurf. It's obvious it was AstroTurf. It's obvious it's bought and paid for, just like Antifa and Black Lives Matter bought and paid for. Mass anti-Israel protests which stopped traffic out of Manhattan Monday were secretly coordinated by radicals and are a dramatic escalation of their tactics, according to the New York Post. Uh, at least six radical anti-Israel groups were behind the rush hour protests which stranded commuters on the Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Williamsburg bridges and the Holland Tunnel. The groups include the Democrat Socialists of America, whose members include squad member AOC, who is a complete and utter dim-witted moron from hell. I think that was in the story originally. Coordinated their actions, then blasted their social media accounts with glossy films reveling in the misery they brought. It's time for a beatdown. I mean, it is. It's time for a beatdown. If you're going to do this and you're going to you're going to wreck the lives of people, you're going to you're going to then it's time for a beatdown. And people are getting to the point where they're getting out of their cars and they are confronting these people and they are dragging them because the police aren't doing anything about it because the police are too damn scared. The police have been demeaned and demoralized and destroyed by municipalities like New York and, and Democrat mayors and governors. And so they're afraid to do something. And so people are saying, you know what, I'm kind of done with this. Here is a one man got out of his car. His daughter was in the car, and he got out and he said, "Get the hell out of the way!" They're disrupting traffic, idiots! You can't do that. That's against the law. Getting out of the car. He is a man of color. Shoved him out of the way. Shoved him out of the way. Charge me with assault. I don't even care. Let me kick their asses first. Then you can arrest me. Get away from my car. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm tired of the left. I'm tired of this temper tantrum, aren't you? 
tired of this temper tantrum. And, and, and they're supporting ideas that are intellectually and morally bankrupt. And they're causing this chaos. Are you going to let 2024 happen like 2020 did? Because I'm not. You remember, uh, to- was it Toby Keith? I can't remember. They, they, they try that in a small town. I, I don't know my country music like I should. Try that in a small town. It came out last summer. Bring that to a small town. That, that song would have been a hit in the summer of 2020, but it would have never been played on the radio. It would have never been gotten any attention online because it would have been banned. But there are a lot of people who are saying the same thing. You can get away with this crap in New York, and, and it's getting to the point where hey, ain't gonna. <laughs> people are done with it. People are done with this nonsense, uh, you know, splattering blood on the uh, steps of the uh, Lincoln Memorial, uh, you know, causing chaos, smashing police. Done with it. Done with it. And after three-plus years of this nonsense, the American people are like, if you ain't going to do it, then we're going to take care of it. Here's another guy going after protests in uh, New York City yesterday. Yo, get the f*** out the way, you stupid bozos. Go get a f- life. Go get a job. Go get a f- job. We work, you stupid bozo mother f- Get the f*** out the way. <laughs> All of you got your wow. money on that dumb s***. We don't. We got to go to work, you dumb f- Get the f- out of the way. Get the f- out of the way. Get the f- out of the way. Yeah, you know, and they have the audacity to uh, go in and be anti-Israel, do anti-Israel protests. They even they even did it out front of the uh, the new World Trade Center building down there. They even did that. I, and and this, th- th- there are still tens of thousands of relatives, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, co-workers alive in New York who saw their loved ones burned and crushed to death on 9-11 and that this crap is allowed to happen and that idiots like AOC can endorse it? Honestly, if our authorities won't do it, then we've got to step in and move those people. I'm not talking about a violent uprising. But I'm going to tell you, if you get in the way of my car, and I'm, t- I'm going to get out of the car and I'm going to confront you. You take one swing, you're going down. And, and, it's, and it's about time that uh, we just said, enough with the temper tantrum. Enough with this temper tantrum. It, it is a leftist temper tantrum. These are the candy aisle kids I talked to you about. The candy aisle kids. The candy aisle was created for parents who couldn't say no to their brat children. So you literally had to go to another aisle so they wouldn't pitch a fit. My mom would say, uh, I, want, I would say, I want a Snicker bar. You can't have one. I want a Snicker bar. She'd say, if you say one more word, we're going to the car and we're going to have a talk. Those are the candy owl kids. They throw a little temper tantrum, think they can get their way. They have none of these idiots are in a position to demand anything. None of them are affected by this. None of this. None of them are in a position to demand anything anything get out of the way i think we've had enough oh 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 this is actually good news because uh, the national park service is now not going to remove the william penn statue from this uh uh william penn statue from the welcome park so they what they're going to do is they're going to remove this statue the, uh, the preliminary draft proposal, which was released prematurely, had not been subjected to complete internal agency review. No changes to the William, stat- William Penn statue are being planned at this point. 
So uh, the uh, the National Park Service says they're committed to rehabilitating Welcome Park as the nation prepares to commemorate the 250th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. So basically, they were saying, "Oh, William Penn, white guy, uh, we need to we need to make this about Native Americans." Uh, you know, because we are uh, we are colonizers, right? Aren't we all colonizers? <laughs> The park is located uh, on the site of the William Penn, his home, the Slate Roof House, and is named for the ship Welcome, which transported Penn to Pennsylvania. I wonder if they'll have to change the, the Penn Biden Center in the University of Pennsylvania. They should call it the Xi Jinping University. <laughs> now, this is kind of, uh, kind of interesting. What do you, what you didn't know about William Penn. He's an evil colonizer. Uh, uh, King Charles II granted Penn his colonial charter. Iroquois raids had largely depopulated the Susquehanna Valley of its native inhabitants. Penn sought a way to live peacefully with the Native Americans. I know, I know. With the uh, Susquehanna Valley open for hunting beaver. No, Hunter, it's not what you think. And the other pelts that Europeans prized for for Atlantic markets... Uh, the uh, the Lenops, these are these, uh, I guess, uh, Native American tribe, were disposed to negotiate with Penn, a man they called Miklon, meaning father or, or feather or quill pen. Penn, in return, promised he would deal with Indians honestly and fairly. These early treaties cemented Pennsylvania's reputation as a peaceable colony where love and friendship prevailed between Indians and colonists. You idiots. <laughs> it's just... Ah! Oh, so stupid. See, this is why generations of despots always rely on the very young and very ignorant. And when you erase history from the curricula and they start saying stupid crap like colonizer and they start eating it up, they'll do anything you want. They'll do anything you want. Harry Lewis wrote this piece. He is a uh, graduate of Harvard, and he said, uh, unapologetic anti-Semitism, whether the incidents are few or numerous, is a college phenomenon because of what we teach and how our teachings are exploited by malign anchors, uh, actors. The Harvard Online Course Catalog has a search box. Listen to this. Type in the word decolonize. All of a sudden, it'll show up in the title of seven courses and the descriptions of 18 more. Try oppression and liberation in the little window. Each is, is, each is in the descriptions of more than 80 courses. Social justice in over 100. White supremacy and enlightenment are neck and neck, both ahead of scientific revolution, but behind intersectionality. Through word frequency, though word frequency is an imperfect measure and the precise counts are muddied by duplicate numberings and courses at MIT, this experiment supports the suspicion that Harvard curricula has become heavily slanted toward recent fashions of the progressive left. Well, no bleep, Sherlock. Professors should not be carrying the ide- their ideologies into the classroom. Our job as teachers of citizens and citizen leaders is not to indoctrinate students, but to prepare them to grapple with all of the ideas they will encounter in the societies they serve. The political bias in our faculty is now widely accepted. One solution is to use a kind of affirmative action program for conservative thinkers to change the faculty, but that idea is noxious and misses the crucial point. Well, of course, we don't need affirmative action conservatives because we are uh, thinking people, and we uh, enjoy 
the challenge of the thought arena. We don't shy from it. And we don't expect our teachers to uh, pound it into the skulls of uh, students who are terrified of being failed. And that's what it really is, right? Isn't that what it's all about? That's what it's all about. Left wing. I think I'm going to go here next. Let's go Joe Biden. Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. So Joe Biden went and spoke at a black church yesterday in South Carolina. Of course he went. <laughs> he went to the Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston. And, uh, and, and he had to say this. He said that he started the civil rights movement in, uh, in uh, Delaware, which, I mean, clearly led the way to the upheaval and the change that happened in the 60s in America. <laughs> I was talking downstairs. I, uh, I've spent more time in uh, the uh, Bethel AME Church in Wilmington, Delaware sure. than I have uh, sure you did. Than most people I know black yeah. people have spent in that church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you also taught James Brown how to dance. That's why I started yeah. the civil, no, I'm serious. I started the civil <laughs> rights movement. I used to go to 7.30 mass. Yes. Then I'd go to 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock service with the reverend who was then running the church. is now the bishop. She's a bishop. And I'm told your bishop had been there before in South Africa. Yeah, that's where he is, right? Yeah, whatever. Um, Biden lied about his involvement in the civil rights movement at the uh, blacks uh, to black people at the Mother Emanuel AME in Charleston. And uh, the lie has been debunked. In 1987, Joe Biden falsely claimed he marched in the civil rights movement and eventually dropped out of the presidential race. Biden finally admitted he lied about marching in civil, right, in civil rights movements. He also lied about uh, being arrested in uh, South Africa when he went to visit uh, Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure you'd have to believe this guy certainly, certainly must have led the civil rights movement. I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Well, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate. Talk brave. about Barack Obama as being articulate and clean. Remember that? Biden recalling his early Senate career, bringing up two segregationist senators, Herman Talmadge and yeah. James Eastland, who called African-Americans an inferior race. I was in a caucus with James O. Eastland, Biden said. He never called me boy. He always called me son. At least there was some civility. We got things done. The senators that he is speaking of with such adoration are individuals who made and built their reputation on segregation. Uh, that was a Kamala Harris when she was uh, running against him. And then she uh, she got sub, uh, summarily bribed, I guess, with the position of vice president. Yeah, here's Joe Biden getting interrupted by uh, leftist Palestinian protesters. I don't know how these white people didn't stick out like a sore thumb. They probably had these, uh, you know, stupid uh, stocking caps on and, uh, and their scarves and their, uh, you know, liberal regalia, probably wearing some uh, Birkenstock sandals and socks. Without light, there's no path from this darkness. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. There you go. You reap what you sow, don't you? Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. I was not meaning to insult Jason Aldean. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that shit 
not fly. Okay, there you go. So that's Jason Aldean. Uh, try that in a small town. The reason why I brought that up is because uh, there's a lot of this nonsense going on at uh, in New York City and on campuses. And uh, I don't see those protests uh, happening in uh, Sioux Falls. And I don't see them happening in, uh, you know... Trying to think of another small town. Fargo. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's too cold. But uh, I'm, I'm done with this. these temper tantrums. We watched billions of dollars in damage take place in the summer of 2020, and we can't let that happen again. Uh, I want to share something and, and put aside politics altogether for a moment. Uh, Sarah Sidner, I don't know Sarah Sidner. She is a, a journalist, and she works on CNN. And, uh, and this is not about politics. And, and she opened up and shared something on the air. And I want to share her story because I want you to pray for her. Um, many of us have been touched by breast cancer, cancer in general. Breast cancer is uh, egregious. Breast cancer is quite common. My mother-in-law, who just passed away, she had breast cancer in the mid-90s. She had stage 3 breast cancer, and she survived it. And yesterday, Sarah got on the air, and she, and she shared her story. And, uh, and, and I, I'm sharing this because I believe pa- prayer can be as powerful as, as chemo and radiation. And, and she was uh, brave enough to share this yesterday. And so I, I'm going to share this. And, and regardless of politics, where she works, whatever, I hope that you will remember her and you'll pray for her because this is the most terrifying diagnosis anyone could face. I mean, I lost, guys, I've lost so many friends to cancer the last couple of years. My friend Jim Bohannon, uh, my, I got a friend up the street here. I won't say his name. He just died out of nowhere. I had a business partner a couple of years ago. I don't know. He's in mid-50s. All of a sudden, boom, breast cancer. My broadcast mom who got me through college, she just died of cancer just out of nowhere. Boom. And so uh, I'm going to let her, uh, her share her story. And I hope you'll remember her name. And I hope you'll say prayers for uh, Sarah Sidner. I have never been sick a day of my life. I don't smoke. I rarely drink. Breast cancer does not run in my family. And yet here I am with stage three breast cancer. It is hard to say out loud. I am in my second month of chemo treatments and will do radiation and a double mastectomy. Stage three is not a death sentence anymore for the vast majority of women. So to all my sisters, black and white and brown out there, please, for the love of God, get your mammograms every single year. Do your self exams, try to catch it before I did. Now here's something I could never ever have predicted would happen to me. I have thanked cancer for choosing me. I'm learning that no matter what hell we go through in life, that I am still madly in love with this life. And just being alive feels really different for me now. I am happier because I don't stress about foolish little things that used to annoy me. And now every single day that I breathe another breath, I can celebrate that I am still here with you. I am here with my co-anchors, my colleagues, my family, and I can love and cry and laugh and hope. And that, my dear friends, is enough. I think it's pretty um, pretty amazing for her to share that. You know, I've, I've shared my story with you. Uh, and you, you know, you know my story. I've shared my story with you. It's not to garner sympathy. I don't, I don't want sympathetic comments on social media. It's not what I'm interested in. What I want you to 
do is if you're experiencing something similar or you've been through something similar, I want you to maybe get some hope from it. Maybe show that, that something can happen when you are, you are at the depths of despair, that, that uh, something can happen. And I know that we're all not going to win. I realize that. But, uh, but I do. I share that. And, and, and I believe that's what she's doing here. I believe Sarah is doing the same thing. It, it takes quite a person to be able to not only tell their audience they have stage three cancer, which is in your lymph nodes. It's spreading all over your body. At that point, it's already past the, the tumor. It's all over your body. And she's doing it to tell other people, hey, man, I didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't whatever, and here I got it. And I think I'm going to give her credit for that and, and offer her prayers. Remember, Sarah Sidner, 51, if you want to see uh, my posts on social media with regard to her. But uh, pray for her, will you? Let's take a break and come back. Last hour of the Rob Carson Show right ahead. Hey, it's Tony Marino, host of the wildly popular Newsmax Daily podcast, available for free along with Jerry Callahan, Rob Carson, and other great podcasts at Newsmax.com slash listen or wherever you get podcasts. The Nuge. Hey, have you uh, been downloading the uh, podcast for the show? I don't talk enough about it, but we reach a lot of people every day. A lot of you listen to the podcast of the show. That's how you get the show. And what we do is you take the entire show. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Ken, uh, my producer, also known as Redneck MacGyver, uh, works busily to take the the, the entire three-hour show and uh, whittle it down, take all the commercial content and all that stuff out and uh, whatever, and then uh, make it into two segments. We put it up every afternoon so you can hear all the guests and the satire and whatnot. And all you got to do is go to Newsmax.com slash listen, okay? And, and would you do me a favor? Would you share it with other people? Because um, the show is growing. We're adding affiliates to the show. Uh, we're still fledgling, by the way. We've only been on the air syndicated for about two years. And uh, right now we're on uh, 30 stations nationwide. Hopefully, uh, well, it is growing. It is growing. So if you would uh, uh, share with others the uh, the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, um, give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you wouldn't mind. It'd be great. And, and I also want to mention we have a new <clears throat> affiliate, and uh, we are proud to be on in Houston, by the way. Uh, it is uh, Patriot Talk 920 AM, streaming live on PatriotTalk920.com. Um, it is a big deal for me to be on in uh, Texas. And uh, I love the state, um, and, and we're just blessed to be on this new station. And, and if you are listening there, feel free to call in any time here to the radio show. Uh, tell me what you, if it's the first time you're hearing the show, uh, tell me what you think of the show, as long as it's good. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, here's an, it's 800-922-6680. And let me, <clears throat> because we are adding new affiliates, and, and maybe you don't know what the show's all about, whatever. Um, I do a TV show on Newsmax. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World. We've been doing it over three years. We were doing political comedy on the uh, TV a year before Gutfeld got, no, two years before Gutfeld got his show. Uh, it's a show on the weekends. Donald Trump got wind of the show, started watching. He watches it every morning when they air it again on Monday morning. And he, and he thinks I'm the funniest guy on TV. Uh, that said, I also uh, have an extensive uh, career in broadcasting, but I've only been doing talk radio about seven years. 
I know, I know, I know. I was in music radio. <clears throat> and while I was in music radio, I started very young. Uh, I was 22, 23 years old. I started writing for a guy named Rush Limbaugh who'd just gotten to New York. And so my comedy was featured on the Rush Limbaugh program for about 20 years. And then uh, he stopped really running comedy in 2013. Uh, part of that was Kit Carson died. Part of it also uh, is he couldn't hear a lot of it because he had cochlear implants. And, and so he couldn't hear a lot of it. It, it didn't make sense to him. Uh, that's why he didn't change his bumper music, by the way, because uh, new music sounded like noise to him. But that, that aside, I worked for Limbaugh. Uh, I wrote a lot of comedy for Limbaugh. Shanklin was a part of it, obviously. He got uh, credit for it. That's cool. I, I never wanted credit. I never wanted really notoriety. Um, but now that comedy is new and fresh. And I've got a wonderful guy named Jim Gossett who is just friggin' genius. Just a genius. Uh, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. This is an idea that I came up with uh, a few weeks ago. And I wanted to make fun of the FBI and how corrupt they are. And uh, I'm a Gen Xer, okay? And there, there was a show on in the 1970s uh, that I used to look forward to every night. I was, a, you know, second, third grade, you know, and, and, uh, and it was called The Muppet Show. And, uh, and uh, it was really big. Every, I mean, every kid my age at that time wanted to watch The Muppet Show, and this is what we did with that. It's the FBI Puppet Show with our special guest star, Christopher Ray. This is Yay! genius, by the way. Genius. The FBI is corrupt. Promote election theft. Come on. They do Joe Biden's bidding because they're puppets for the left. Dum, dum, dum. They targeted Donald Trump. One guy. Durham's report will this show. Is him. The FBI is crooked and these puppets need to go. Comey and Lisa Page. Her boyfriend Peter Strzok. Russian collusion garbage from these puppets was a crock. Boom, boom. Why were there no indictments? They found a smoking gun. They covered up for Sleepy Joe and his crooked son. It's time that we clean house. Disband the FBI. It's time that they're all fired. Why were they ever hired? It's time that they're all fired from the most deplorable, oh so horrible, quite immorable, unadorable FBI. is Biden's puppet It's genius. That's uh, that's genius. That's one guy. That's Jim Gossett, okay? There you go. So that's, that's the show we do, and, and we lean into the comedy uh, because we're really good at it, and, and not a lot of people are. Uh, a lot of the times, if you, uh, you give your average uh, radio show host, uh, you know, let them try to do comedy, it's like giving a, a handgun to a toddler. It's just not a good idea. It's just not a good idea. So we leave it up to the professionals. And, and, I, and I think, as I've said, uh, comedians are the greatest disruptors in history to some degree, right? So you guys in Houston, we're so glad to be on there. It is an honor, and every single day I will do my level best to entertain you, inform you, and motivate you because it's easy to pound a desk. Patriot Talk, 920 AM, streaming live, patriottalk920.com. Anytime you guys want to call, feel free. We'd love to have you on because uh, we are brand new. Housing market, hottest housing markets 2024. Where are they? This is according to Zillow. Uh, do you like snow? <laughs> Buffalo. Typical home in Buffalo runs 248K, well below the 347K across the country. So they're saying that Buffalo has the hottest housing market. Um, I've not been to Buffalo. Uh, I hear it's a wonderful town, 
but I also hear you get about 150 inches of snow every year. So that would, uh, that would preclude me from living in upstate New York. <laughs> Second on the list is, uh, I'm going to tell you, I've had a love affair with this town since I lived there for five years. I love it, love it, love it. Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and I worked on radio there. And no dot WKRP. Okay. There was a WKRC, and it's a TV station. But Cincinnati is incredibly beautiful town. It's like it's just like Pittsburgh, but it's not as steep. I'm not kidding. They look a lot like each other. Cincinnati, Columbus, Ohio, number three on the list. I lived in Fort Thomas. I lived in Kentucky. I love me some Kentucky, too, by the way. Other uh, hottest housing markets. Oddly enough, not New York City. It's weird. <laughs> or L.A., you know. Indianapolis. Uh, been the Indianapolis. Beautiful downtown. Walkable. Very walkable. Uh, go to, uh, what is it? Uh, the St. Elmo Steakhouse, by the way. But uh, if, if somebody who is from Indianapolis uh, orders the shrimp cocktail... Uh, and, and he says to dig deep into that uh, cocktail sauce with the shrimp and, and eat it, they're setting you up, all right, because it's going to blow your head off. The, the, the cocktail sauce, that I don't know, it's a joke. I mean, I mean it's, if, you, if you ate a micro, if you micro-dosed, <laughs> you could handle it. But it is, it is the, I mean, uh, they sell it here in, in Kansas City at, uh, at, at Sam's Club. Uh, anyway, where else? Uh, Providence, Rhode Island, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. I almost lived there, but the radio station I worked for got blown up, and now they're a begging for Jesus station. They're a, a Christian station that just begs for money all day long. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, which my wife wants to live there because her sister does. Cleveland, uh, sure. Uh, Orlando and Tampa. Those are the, uh, the hottest real estate markets in the country. Oh, there you go. Um, but, 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 uh, let's, let's, uh, let's um, oh, I got something for you. This is kind of interesting. Um, Trump is on track to win more black votes than any other Republican presidential candidate in history. Review of uh, polls uh, conducted by Bloomberg found that Trump is poised to take 14 to 30 percent of the black vote. I would venture to say it'll be closer to 30. Trump only won 8 percent of the black vote 2020, according to data analyzed by the Pew Research Center. Pew, pew, pew. This small number was still more than any Republican uh, to date. Uh, the NAACP estimated 5 million African Americans voted in the 1960 presidential election when Nixon was won 32%. Uh, since then, the black population has increased about 10.83% uh, or 19 million people. So they're uh, predicting that he could take a lot. And why not? Uh, he, he said it when he was campaigning. He said, how much worse can you, can you do? I mean, honestly, if you keep Democrats, how much worse can it get? Well, look at Chicago. Look at, look at uh, Baltimore. Uh, on my Facebook timeline from 13 years ago, it showed my son, who was 11 years old, and, and we were in the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, where we used to love to go, man. We loved, loved there, go to Fort McHenry and all that. And Baltimore is, is just it's broken under Democrat leadership. Defund the cops and all this other nonsense. And I bring this up because uh, Mia Love was on CNN. Mia Love is a reliably left-of-center uh, commentator, I guess, and she was talking to Brianna Kyler, or Keller, Boris Sanchez, and, um, and she uh, went off on Democrats and how they treat black voters, and, and she is right in the money. And if you look at what has happened to the black community since Lyndon Johnson's Great Society, you will understand what she means. Government will give black people exactly what they need to stay exactly where they are. This is why the Democrat Party always touts minimum wage. 
because the key word there is minimum. To go no further. In other words, why is it that when a black uh, person decides to um, get promoted at work, get a little bit more money, if they have any government assistance, they lose all of that because they are, they are, they've made a little bit more money. That's ridiculous. Uh, don't forget when a, a black person decides to vote for Trump or Republicans, they're ostracized by their family, by their fellow part politicians, by media members, and they're called Uncle Toms. It, it definitely doesn't allow or Thomasinas. black people to progress in life, to make more, um, to go beyond. Because they want black people to need the government. Shh. Poverty. They're trapped in poverty. We need to make it easier for people to for, for upward mobility. Now, uh, Michelle Obama is uh, the wife of an oligarch. She is an oligarch. Michelle Obama has never really had a job in her life. She's had a very cushy life, and she has. Bring it, if you disagree. I'm the guy who, who grew up working in farm fields, okay? I'm the guy who, who grew up in poverty, and I'm supposed to be privileged, all right? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, I, 12 years old. Working in farm fields, okay? Yeah, been through it all. Made $3.35 an hour from the age of 15 to the age of 22. Yeah, that's what I made. But, but Michelle Obama, who's done nothing, she uh, moved into the White House as a massive chip on her shoulder that was given to her by liberal academics. And she decided to appear on the, uh, what is this, this uh, Shetty podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, well, I'll try to remember the name of the thing. It, it, it's uh, it's the she Shetty, yeah, Jay Shetty, and it's called the uh, the nation's Shettiest podcast, I believe. Is no, it's not. It's called. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there because I have the sense of humor of a fourteen-year-old boy. So anyway, the oligarch Michelle, who, by the way, I just wanted to mention, uh, just completed their uh, their new uh, mansion in in Hawaii. Yeah, three acres, uh, the uh, Wamanalo Island of Oahu. They bought it in 2015 for $8.7 million. They, uh, they bought the property, and, and the, the house featured in Magnum P.I. was on there, but they tore it down because I guess Robin Masters was a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> I think they kept the Ferrari. Uh, environmentalists aren't happy with the uh, Obama's construction project. They uh, they decided to keep the seawall, and it's causing uh, the coastline to er erode. And it's also near the water, and I thought the oceans were going to raise because of the polar ice caps and all that. Uh, three structures on the site, one for Secret Service, two swimming pools. I don't know why you need so many swimming pools. You live right there in the water. <laughs> I don't want to that. But anyway, she says she's terrified. She loses sleep thinking that Donald Trump could be the president of the United States. Hasn't lost a bit of sleep for all the black kids murdering each other in Chicago where she claims to be home. Hasn't said anything about that, right? Hasn't lost anything about, hasn't lost any sleep over that, right? But she's willing to step in. She spends most of her time knitting, apparently. Knitting and doing podcasts nobody listens to. And here she is, uh, the elitist on the shettiest podcast in America, talking about uh, the how terrified she is that uh, that Donald Trump could be the president. The things that yeah. keep me up because you you don't have control over them, mm -hmm. and you wonder how are we going to spend all this money? Where are people? Where are we in this? Uh, you know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Yeah, because you might lose some money and the people might be able to keep more of it. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit, 
it affects us in ways that sometimes I think people... The only time she really talks is when she is being paid to talk or when she wants to campaign. Here she is talking about how, uh, oh, how rough it has been because Barack Obama's black. The White House tests you in ways that you never anticipated. Mm -hmm. Tell that to the person who's uh, driving Uber to make up for the income they can't make to pay the bills. And the fact that we came out as a family, as individuals, the four of us. Must have been rough in that uh, $200 million uh, public housing project in D.C. And our two daughters. (laughs) That was us. Mm -hmm. That was our values, our compassion, Mm -hmm. our our smarts, Mm. our strategy that got us through. You know, I'm so proud of my husband and the way he led it was so tough with the 97% positive press coverage. The way his administration worked. I'm going to get to the racism part on the other side because, uh, you know what, honestly, cry victim, please. That's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Just had somebody write me who lived in Cincinnati. Ask me, Skyline or Gold Star? Skyline, of course. It's a chilly. It's a chilly thing you wouldn't understand. <laughs> I loved uh, I love Cincinnati. Oh my God in heaven! Some people you don't get if you don't get Skyline Chili on a Coney, then you never will. My wife doesn't get it, uh, but it's it's ridiculously awesome. Here's a little bit more from the uh, the uh, Imelda uh, Obama, Michelle Obama, who is an oligarch who's a spoiled little child with a massive chip on her shoulder, talking about how tough it was for her husband who got 97% positive press coverage and was anointed as the president and how rough it was. The team that we built, so proud of everyone. I'm, I may have diverted from the question, but Beautiful. Um, I think that's, that's because of who we are. And I know that now. Mm. I can I can see it in your eyes. And are, are you vomiting into your mouth accidentally? Because I am. And feel it from your words. Like it's, it must it must be hard. Like that's Mr. Shetty. Knowing that you know, it it can't always be that way in one sense. It's almost like great that you've been able to leave, but there's a she's a victim. There's that feeling also of like her oh, husband's a rectum. What? I mean, the bars are different for people in life. That I've learned. Mm. This is the thing about being another. Mm-hmm. You learn how to be excellent all the time. Mm-hmm. What have you done? Because you can't be less than. What have you done? Other people can. What have you done? Other people can be indicted a bunch of times and still run for, for office. Here comes the race. Black man can't. Oh, there you go. Honestly, could she absolutely crap on people more than she does? What a wretched, awful woman. I mean, honestly, Michelle Obama. What has Michelle Obama done for the poor black kids of Chicago? Has she has she soiled her 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 uh, designer pumps or whatever the hell she walks? I don't think she wears heels often. She'd be like eight nine, uh, <laughs> but but honestly, uh, honestly. And then black Chicagoans are are increasingly uh, calling to turn Chicago red in the coming election in response to the growing border crisis that has flooded neighborhoods with illegal aliens at the behest of the welcoming mayor Brandon Johnson. You've been sold out. The black community has been sold out. They've been, uh, they've been promised everything, and as I said, uh, the Democrat Party always says they're going to make everything better, and the school's going to get better, and all of that, and then the day after the election, they leave money on the dresser, get up and leave. And the Obamas are prime examples of that. They even, they even decided to build the Obama Library in a, uh, in a black neighborhood and tear down all the housing. 
<laughs> so you're going to have all these elites going to the Obama, the Obama library. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's going to be the next time they visit Chicago because they haven't done a damn thing for anybody in Chicago. Think about what the amazing opportunity that Barack Obama had as the first black president in America. It could have been a game changer. But he has sat back and watched the world explode. I said when he left office, he was like the Joker walking away from the hospital. Remember that? Flicking. Well, he had a, he had a, a, a dead man switch to, to, to. But he flicked his lit cigarette into a, a stream of gasoline coming from the Capitol and walked away coolly. And here's where we are. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Ray Epps gets uh, probation and no jail time. Yeah, big surprise, right? Have a glorious day, guys. God bless you. We are winning. We are. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. And in the meantime, as always, don't catch the stupid. See ya.